0: Hello everyone and welcome. This is episode 36 of the Lion Learns to Write podcast with me, your host, Andre Bright, reclaiming narratives through identity, empowerment and creativity. And today we have the incredible Super Malcolm in the house and you'll find out why Super's in his name. We talk about his Super Steps Academy, aquacycling, his relationship to change and how he's built his relationship with Congo, France and UK. Man, it's an interesting episode packed full of all kinds of goodness. So sit back. Relax and enjoy. Boom. We're recording, bruv. 100%. We here? Yes. Everybody. Oh man, Alting. It's the Andre. Listen.
1: It's about to interview me about yeah, my man. life, mm-hmm. about my journey, mm-hmm. about what I've all the secrets. Accomplish my secret technique.
0: What secret technique, bro? You're gonna, we're going in that detail today. <laughs> so um, yeah, bro. So before we go for the people in my uh, network, could you introduce yourself?
1: Okay. So I'm um, Malcolm, also known as uh, Super Malcolm. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a dancer. Um, also. I call it a business dancer
0: mm.
2: and
1: uh, also a dancerpreneur and, uh, yeah, dancer, <laughs> dance-preneur and uh, also owner of uh, businesses which is um, aqua cycling so not a lot of people know about that
2: mm-hmm.
1: but um, yeah I do my dancing is kind of like becoming like my hobby um, but my main thing is actually running a, a business and aqua cycling business which is mm. uh, basically cycling in the water so that's the main kind of thing that I'm working on and on the side I dance
0: So what made you go into the aquacycling thing? Because, like, how does that even work?
1: So, basically, it was an accident.
0: Okay. I love
1: accidents. (laughs) My sister talked to me about the concept. She said, oh, yes, um, I do this class, which is, you know, aquacycling, cycling cycling in the water. I was like, whoa, I never heard of that. Right. So I did kind of my research, Mm -hmm. and uh, I said, okay, let me see if I can try something that's kind of different Mm. and the reason why i actually went into it is because i always you know as a dancer the problem that i have is that you only get paid when you work right so if you have an accident if you sick if Mm. you you know you injured your leg whatever it is yeah you're not going to be able to get paid Mm -hmm. right and i wanted to have a situation where I'm going to be able to earn money Mm -hmm. without necessarily being present. Okay. So I always wanted to build a business, Mm. something that's going to allow me to generate some form of income without being present. And that's the reason why I said, okay, when I kind of found this idea, I said, okay, let me go with it. Mm. And uh, yeah, I just um, basically went with it and it's been five years now that I've been uh, running this business and uh,
0: yeah, it's going well. So one of the questions that would usually follow up is what is your why? Because usually there's something more to it. So we could say that, you know, you want to um, make this business that allows you to get paid without doing physical work all the time to get Mm -hmm. it. But often there's like something behind it. Like what motivates you to go to want to do that?
1: For me was more the freedom. Okay. I wanted to have the freedom of not necessarily being attached by um by my work Mm -hmm. so it was more coming to a point where again uh the 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 life of a dancer is 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 quite it's quite difficult Mm
0: -hmm. so
1: it's really kind of like strenuous on your body right takes a lot of hours of practicing a lot of um, hours of of, of training Mm -hmm. a lot of hours of teaching as well Mm -hmm. and essentially what i enjoy most about dancing is the fact that you know i was traveling a lot i was visiting a lot of countries um, so that was a good side of him. However, mm. when I wanted to go on holiday and just to enjoy it, I wasn't necessarily getting paid. So right. we don't have holiday paid. We, yeah, we don't get that. We don't get that. It's like mm. it doesn't happen. So essentially I wanted to be in a situation where I'm gonna be able to do what I like mm. but also at the same time travel and have that freedom of exploring the world, you know, do other things right. apart from dancing, you know. And still be able to make a living, mm. so that was my way to have that um, financial freedom, I would say, mm. in terms of not being attached, of always being present to be able to work. Yeah. So um, yeah, that's the reason why I kind of like got into that the business side.
0: And what about the dance side? What got you started with that?
1: The downside again is it was also an accident.
0: accident. Okay, <laughs> 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 this is just the, a whole roll of accidents. <laughs>
1: <It> was, <laughs> It basically started when um, I got fired from my last job. Eh? Yes, I did. Okay. I got, fired. I got fired from my last job. And what happened is I was working in a store, like a hip-hop store at, okay. um, around Peckham. And, uh, you know, the job was really good. It was really, really good. It was, right. it was like hip-hop music all the time. Hip-hop awesome. Hip-hop clothes. And yeah.
0: uh,
1: there was the, kind of that hip-hop urban environment. Okay.
0: So it was apparel you were selling. Yeah. That yeah, Get them <laughs> clothes and garments. Now it makes sense. You always dress sharp. You're not trying. <laughs> yeah.
1: So um, essentially, what happened is I got fired. Okay. And what I felt was that, because I had a different jobs before that, before that. Mm. like my first job in the UK was working at McDonald's. Mm -hmm. And then I work in um, like stores, like top shops, uh, I worked in club Mm -hmm. and um, I had different, different type of job. And every time I was working, I was really kind of giving myself like 100%, but I felt like people wasn't necessarily appreciating
2: Mm -hmm. your work. They
1: didn't appreciate your value Mm -hmm. and you kind of like invest so much time on something that doesn't necessarily belong to you Mm -hmm. and people don't necessarily appreciate it. So I decided to say, you know what? after i got fired i said you know what this is this is it i'm not gonna be working for anybody anymore Mm -hmm. i'm just going to do my thing and the only thing i can do at that time the only thing i knew how to do well was Mm. dancing
2: okay
0: but
1: um yeah i didn't know how to go about it to live off dancing because it's Mm. not something that's popular you know especially in like african families it's not something that you say mom (laughs) i want to be a dancer
2: and they're like yeah
1: Go, go my son no right, right 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 it doesn't work like that oh does it not <laughs> doesn't work like that right okay so it's not something that's honorable and i said you know what i'm going to see how far i can go with this uh with, with dancing and right. um yeah i basically start uh, kind of like working networking applying for different jobs and um before I knew I was kind of becoming full-time but it mm. was a long process it didn't really happen like that it mm. really really took time so yeah I was jobless for a long time I was mm. in debt mm. for a long time and then I kind of like build up my portfolio of, of people okay. um, and then after that that was it I was just kind of like full-time and uh, yeah kind of start living off dancing and that's why oh. I also want to teach people mm-hmm. people that that wants to live off their passion as a dancer Mm. I want to teach them that process that I've been through and what can make it easy for them to achieve you know that goal
0: so so you've got super steps Academy right yes so that's that's basically what you're talking about you've turned that into a a product like an online Academy
1: yes that's correct so yeah the super steps is essentially an online Academy that focuses not just on dancing Mm. but also on business yeah so you have courses and classes especially tailored for dancers mm. to help you grow yeah. and live off your passion mm-hmm. so you're going to be able to learn how to dance right but this is something that you can get on youtube you can get in classes or workshops and stuff like that yeah but one of the things that's missing the element that's really missing which i felt that you know when i was kind of like looking around is the side the business side of things
0: right and right, i right. think
1: is as important than knowing how to dance because once you know how to dance, you have that skills that tool. You mm. need to know how to use it. You need to be able to go out there and you know spread your knowledge. Hundred percent. But how are you gonna do that? Mm. How are you gonna get jobs? How are you gonna you know get classes? How can you? All of these mm. things I wanted to teach people how to go about it for them to be able to say yes, I have the knowledge. Yeah. And I can. I want to share that knowledge. Mm. And I know how to. And I know how I can you know live off my passion as a dancer by following these steps. Mm. so the academy kind of mixes both of them I mixes the dance side mm. but also the business side for anybody that want to go out there and then you know uh, be a dancer, be a dance teacher and right. yeah
0: do what they love that's dope, so that's called Super Steps Academy and you are super Malcolm You're but neat. you don't like flying Yeah. so what, how, how did you end up everything with, is super, everything is super. Everything you even super. have a cape in your. Yes. listen, so I'm sorry but I've got to share this story here Bruv uh, you know what I'm gonna say
1: Eddie. go for it go for it So we go
0: to Miami yeah uh, <laughs> I hope everyone's listening because for me this was a real it was a wonderful moment yeah, because we're we going We're going skydiving <laughs> <laughs> uh,
2: Bra we're going
0: skydiving and you uh, drive us there. Yeah? Yeah. And so, what is this? Me, you,
2: mm-hmm.
0: uh, Bagsy, Turbo, Amaning, yeah. yeah. like, just like just a whole bunch of us, yeah? Yeah. All the, all the man them, and we get there, and we turn around, and you're not there, bro. <laughs> like, I was you, already in the air. You, I was, bro, I was... you went to watch a movie, fam. <laughs> <bro. laughs> <laughs> I went to watch Superman, you know? That's, yeah, uh, you uh, did, did yeah, you? yeah. It versus versus Batman. It. Oh, that was it. That was it. Yeah. Oh, that's what bit, that was it. I was dying. <laughs> but where did the where did the super name come from? Is,
1: um actually from people. Actually, okay. from people. Uh, by when looking at me and you know, because hey. essentially when it was,
2: <laughs> I actually started in the club. This okay. is
1: how I started dancing. it was just like messing around in a club and yeah. you know, just 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 expressing myself. Of course. And people come to me, oh, you're super good at what you do. You're super good at what you do. Uh, um, and I said, okay, let me, you know, start teaching, and then sick. that the name kind of stick around. I was like, okay, let me put it together, and I said, okay, Super Malcolms that uh, okay. sounds good. So,
0: so. did you did you subscribe. have like formal training?
1: no nah, my formal my training was actually at home. Okay. My training, I really trained like I first I started watching videos
0: mm-hmm. like
1: style michael jackson
0: oh, mc standard. hammer mm-hmm.
1: so i started watching those kind of things and then after that kind of like um went around like travel that's really mm-hmm. helped me travel trying to learn from some other you know top teachers pioneers yeah. and uh, yeah that's how i kind of like build up my my, my dance repertoire
2: mm.
1: of knowledge so yeah travel helped me a lot watching videos watching the right videos mm. kind of helped me as well
0: Dope. So like, cause I mean, I I've known you for a little minute. For a while You know what now. I'm saying? I know for you for now. a little bit. We got South Africa we together. We, we like we went, we've went done back. All kinds of all them so thing there. No. Yeah. So I know you're sick, and I know you judge, and you do a lot of teaching and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. But what some people don't necessarily know is where you're from.
1: whoo I'm from the Congo. Come on. You know the land of the lion. <laughs> <laughs>
0: bro (laughs) big things yes bro
1: congo was Mm. born in congo actually yeah and i left there when i was five years old and then i went to france i lived in france kind of like i think about 15 years and then after i went to i went to london down
0: jeez so let's go through those one by one like what's your relationship with congo first right
1: now i haven't got much relationship to be honest um Mm -hmm. Mainly because of the fact of I left there when I was five years old,
2: mm. and I
1: didn't really have much much memories of of um, of being over there.
2: Mm. And I
1: only went back once
2: oh, wow. okay. since
1: um I've been in um, I've been in Europe. So,
0: so how old are you now? Like 21, 22? Right now, yeah. I'm nineteen. Oh, okay, yeah, cool. No, I thought I thought 19. so. Yeah, no, it's bad. You know? Yeah, I'm putting okay. add, adding 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 the numbers together. Oh, yeah. Of course,
1: yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Cockle butter all day. <laughs> of course. Your own... <laughs> it's wicked. So, um so you've only been there once and do you remember what that going back was like?
1: Ooh, it was difficult at first. It okay. was really really difficult because the um, I was kind of used of used to the European environment. Mm. So, where I was mm. living was kind kind of in a village. Okay. And um yes it was it was a big change it was a really, okay. really big change for me but after a week it was becoming really i was kind of getting used to the whole environment mm. and it was very very empowering in a sense of i kind of got to see
2: mm.
1: how people can live without having much
0: okay and yeah. be
1: able to enjoy life
0: mm.
1: without having much
2: mm-hmm.
1: Like in, in, in Europe, mm. the, the the mentality that I had was more, oh, I'm sad because I haven't got the latest iPhone.
0: Right. I'm yeah, sad yeah.
1: because I haven't got the latest, you know, Jordan. Mm. But over there you get a sense of what is really important, which is right having a good time. Mm-hmm. And that's what people have over there. Yeah. You know, really that sense of I don't really need much. Give mm. me music drink as well they love to drink okay. give me <laughs> right, yeah, yeah. give me music give me some drink <laughs> and i'll be good right, everything okay. else is extra yeah. and they know how to enjoy themselves hey listen they know how to de- i
0: i am, I am aware yeah. like, <laughs> <laughs> i'm telling you but like so what about culturally have you been able to keep that connection through the even outside of congo the only i mean the connection that I actually kept culturally was uh, with my family in okay. france Okay.
1: You know because yeah, there's a big kind of like a uh, Congo Congolese community, mm-hmm. and that's how I've been able to keep up with the culture itself. But at the same time, it's not quite the same as the one that you see back home. Mm, right. But you get a sense of it. You know, you yeah. you, you kind of get a sense of you know how people are, mm-hmm. um, and everything else. So yeah, I kind of kept up with the culture with my family and. Mm the uh, Congolese diaspora in uh, in um, in France.
0: Dope. So what's your resp- relationship with France like by itself? Because obviously that's that's you spent you said fifteen years in there. Yeah, yeah. Fifteen years in there, five years in Congo, and the rest of your life in in the UK. In UK. Mm-hmm. So looking at France before we get to UK, what's your relationship with that? Do you still go back often? Like, do you feel like you're French yeah. over <laughs> <laughs> over anything else?
1: Um, i f- I personally feel like I'm I'm a man of the world. Come like on. I haven't necessarily got. I mean, I love France because I grew up over there, mm-hmm. and there's a lot of um, things that I'm doing right now that's really been uh, based on um, kind of like you know French mentality. I would say.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So, I would say that yes, I'm still in touch with the French mentality. I'm very much in touch with, you know, the, the, the everything uh, in France. My, my family is over there, so I still mm. go back often to, you know, to go and see my family. And, um yeah, but since I've been here, I kind of like, you know, you kind of have to bounce between different worlds between the UK and France. Mm. But when I go there, um it's kind of like a different mentality. It's only two hours away, which is really funny. Yeah. The mentality is completely different. But, um yeah, I still have some attachment over there.
0: So, tell me about this mentality then. So, what does the French mentality look like?
1: Well, French people are very, um, I would say, when it comes, they're really good. When when, when they get into something, they're Mm. really, really good at what they do. Okay. Right? Especially if I'm talking about, for example, dancing. Right. Like, when it comes to dancing, they're some of the best in the world. Mm. Right? And they know how to... They're going to train hours. They're going to practice for hours. They're going to mm. do what they have to do to be able to get this thing done. You know. Right. So that's that's that mentality of... So when I came over here, it was very, very, very different. Okay. Like the street culture was very, very different. It's kind of like when you came to training, it wasn't really that intense.
2: Mm. It wasn't really
1: that intense. It was like very laid back and very, very sociable. Mm. But it was very, very laid back. So... It was kind of not easy, but I kind of like, it didn't take me a lot of time to kind of distinguish myself.
0: Okay. Yeah. Because
1: of, I had that French mentality of, Mm -hmm. you want to be the best. Right. Right. You have to be like the top guns to be able to be recognized. Yeah. And that's how I kind of made my name because I had that kind of mentality from Mm -hmm. back then of being like, yo, I need to be on top of my game. Mm -hmm. Who's the best here? I need to challenge that, that, that top guy. Okay. So it's very kind of like challenging. I'm better than you. And I'm going to, you know, prove it in the battle, you know. Okay. So right.
0: I don't
1: know if you remember like Norman and Steve from back then.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Way back. Right.
1: Yeah. So, you know, when they came over here, it was mm. kind of the same thing. They came, they said, yo, who's the best? Right. Let me battle them. Let me challenge, Let me challenge them. Mm. And they are very much like that because they want to be on top of right. things, you know. They really, mm-hmm. really want to like progressing. Mm. So that's the thing that I took from kind of like um, France. Okay. Like from the UK now, the mentality, like I said, is kind of more laid back. But on the other side, when it comes to entrepreneurship, mm. it's completely different. Okay. Yeah, it's really, really completely different. So I felt like in the UK, it's much it's easier mm. to be able to be more entrepreneurial than you can be in France. Why do you think that is? Um, I would say more, I think, you know... UK is very much uh, influenced by U, uh, US. Right, okay. And most of the things that you see in the US, you're going to see mm. in the UK. True. And that entrepreneurial ment- mentorship, mm. uh, ment- mentality,
0: Yeah.
1: I actually think is coming from the US. Okay. Which has been dragged down to the UK, which right. I think that's how, you know, I kind of absorb it. So that's how I could mm. actually, actually kind of see things. It's like, they're very much into like for example when it comes to motivational speaking mm. and you have a lot of people doing motivational speaking and they yeah. go on and that's their job and then you know
2: mm.
1: it's like okay cool but in France you wouldn't have those kind of things because not necessarily okay. seen as a
0: job right okay
1: oh mm. for example if you're talking about like the first time I came here this is the first time I saw um, uh, it's gonna sound weird but mm. that was back in the days That was back then. I saw a, a black guy
2: mm.
1: who was actually close to be a millionaire, or was a millionaire. Okay. And he was running his own, his, his own business, mm. right? And a very, very successful business. And I was like, whoa, I never really seen that before. Like, you right. doing your own thing, you know, creating your own, building your own shop and selling okay. your own clothes. Mm-hmm. So that mentality for me was completely new. I was like, whoa, I never came across that. Right. Because... Back in France you never really see that. You will see it in the market. Yeah. People saying this up but not like not like a stores in like a big mm.
0: uh,
1: like a high I mean, um, a busy road mm. when somebody have their own store you know. Black guy just kind of like being successful running their own business like that. Mm. I never really seen it back then. But here it seems to be like the norm. Yeah. You know, especially like when you talk about Nigerian, they seems to be the one that really going for for the hustle right. you know they yeah. really really have the hustler mentality mm. so i kind of came across that here more and that kind of like build me up also mm. in terms of my dance entrepreneurship
0: so what do you think is because I'm, I'm i'm trying to piece that together so in, in terms of dance it's like hungry as hell yeah right but for some reason in terms of um entrepreneurism it's not as much as uk, UK. Like, is that do you reckon there's a reason for that like why certain areas
1: I think also it has to do with the government. Government-wise, okay. it's, it's paperwork in France is ridiculous. Right. Okay. When it comes to paperwork, mm. hey, and right. on top of that, they're going to tax you hard.
0: Right. Yeah. Okay. So it's
1: really, really... It, it makes things a, a bit more difficult when it comes to setting up your own business and mm. you know, running your own business. You get get flooded in paperwork and paying wow. taxes and stuff like that. So I think the system is not necessarily built okay. really for entrepreneurship. Whereas here... It's very easy. Mm. You can start your own own business like this.
0: I think, I guess, it's the support, maybe. So, in, in my head, all this falls under empowerment. Mm-hmm. So, it's your ability to um, take agency of the direction your life is going mm-hmm. by creating a business and effectively giving yourself space to narrate mm-hmm. your own life, right? Which sounds dope, um, because it is. <laughs> 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 But let's, let's, at what point did you, because um, obviously we talked about you going out and doing your own stuff, right? Yeah. You've, you've, you left the job. Yeah. The job left you. Left
1: me. <laughs> the job left me. <laughs> and you
0: became, um, you became a dancer full time, mm. used that French mentality and yeah. just like went for it and started hunting down the top dogs and, and smashing them to pieces, became super <laughs> <My phone. laughs> and then, and then, uh, your sister gave you the idea from this um, entrepreneurial side of things. Was it the Super Steps Academy or the cycle that came first?
1: The aqua cycling came first. Okay. The aqua cycling came first, and um, after that, the super steps came after.
0: Okay, cool. Yeah. And when you're when you're doing all that, what do you reckon there was an element of your Congolese nature? That's brought you through any of this. <laughs> <laughs> My Congolese nature is the survivor nature. Okay, it's survivor. Right,
1: yeah, okay. <laughs> I have to make it happen regardless. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Regardless. The hustle. It, yeah, that hustle mentality. Because, mm-hmm. like I said, when you go back home, it's kind of a humbling um, experience mm. where you, again, we complain about a lot of things that's really not relevant. Mm. And also, when you see how people live over there and you see how you live, you right. think like wow i cannot complain even if mm. i you know and it kind of pushes you more yeah and especially i got that mentality more from my mom than anything okay. else seeing her growing you know raising a kids by herself in you know, all the situation and i see the way she was kind of hustling to be able to make it happen
2: right
1: for me it was like you have no excuse you live mm. in an environment now you have no excuse mm. you know where you're going to sleep tonight you don't have mm-hmm. to worry about that Mm-hmm. It might sound silly, but you go somewhere, you're gonna realize that yo, it's not as silly as that.
0: Right.
1: You know that you're gonna be able to eat today, tonight, mm-hmm. anytime you want. Mm-hmm. You're gonna have water, you're gonna have clothes on mm-hmm. your back, you're gonna have all of these things, right? You don't have to worry about it. you have internet, mm-hmm. you have a laptop, you know, all you have all you need is an ID and your mm-hmm. motivation. And yeah. then you just kinda go for it. You have resources, you have like here in this environment, mm-hmm. you can get Money from the bank. You can get money from people. You can, mm-hmm. you know, so you have different ways of being able to make it happen.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Whereas in a different environment, it's going to be more difficult. Mm-hmm. Like I don't believe in that series Like oh yeah, if you really want it, you can get it. You know, mm-hmm. it would depend on your environment. Your environment have a lot to do with it. Yeah. So me being in this environment, I have no excuse because I have access to everything I want. Right. Obviously, there's certain things is going to be more difficult. Like mm-hmm. I can't get hundred thousand pounds or more if I want to but i have the resources to be able to make that hundred thousand pounds. right 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 you know what i mean so mm. that's my thing on that and yeah so i can't really complain when it comes mm. to that you know. and when i think about back home this is what i think about i was like this is what they have and they still can enjoy themselves they can still build things and this they, yeah. they, they find ways to hustle and with what i have
2: mm.
1: i have no excuse mm. i really have no excuse so that's kind of my take on the relationship between Congo mm. and my mentality, you know, that I'm kind of using now.
2: Yeah.
0: So like when you were when you were five, I guess that's too young to kind of remember what it would be like to move from Congo to France. Yeah, I assume. Yeah. So but what about your experiences in France as a as a young Congolese man? Like what was <laughs> <laughs> what, what were your experiences? Like what did what was your um, what was the environment like? What was it like? especially for anyone who hasn't been to France like mm. what would what would it be like being in your body walking through the streets of, of France of France what were your experiences
1: well i think my experience was very um kind of like based around the the the, the community that I was in okay so what happened most of the time is like you get stuck within that community
0: okay so right. living
1: in France is like we have congolese mm. in that Flat and that flat and they uh, kind of everybody knows each other. Okay. And you kind of build that kind of community and it becomes something like you in France, but it mm. feels like you in Congo.
0: Right. Okay.
1: Because of yeah. <laughs> because of all the people that you know around, so yeah. you kind of like you integrate, but you kind of like looking for that Congolese vibe more than mm-hmm. anything else because okay. it's so easy going life mm. is easy going life is about you know having fun and yeah. enjoying and spending money on clothing and stuff like that <laughs> which is very congolese Sapper. mentality Sapper, you know <laughs> so yeah that's why i came kind of like um yeah it was kind of like i had to kind of juggle up between the two okay um environment which was the congolese environment mm. which all my community was and on the other side, when I was coming out of it, you know, mm. when I'm going, school, I'm going to school and stuff like that. Right. Everything else. Okay. So that's kind of like the the, the, the things I was kind of juggling with, mm. in a sense. But, um, yeah, the, the Congolese world was very much present Right. growing up.
0: So what was it like transferring that to school now? Because it sounds like those are two different environments. Like, um, I find that sometimes there's this, like, did you... Find you were a different kind of person in the each environment, or were you the same person? Oh yeah, no, just, definitely,
1: you know, not, definitely yeah. not, definitely not, definitely not. Okay. Like, like you had to, um, yeah, you, you really had to. You know, I don't want to sound cliche, but be cliche, bro. When you, <laughs> <laughs> you know, when it comes to school and everything else, you mm. really have to project yourself and thinking long term. Mm. But when you're in that in that community mm. is very much short-term. So most right. of the people and again, I don't want to be cliche and generous but the people I was hanging around with within mm. my community was very much like very short-minded when it comes to things okay. and a lot of the time, there was no kind of role model
0: and mm. if
1: there were, it was kind of like illegal stuff that they were doing. Right, okay. Right? Yeah. So you... Where between two worlds where okay there's all this enjoyment and all these things that kinda like look flashy because they like to dress up. Mm-hmm. To be able to dress up you need to make money. Right. And to make money you need to have something. But that something is not necessarily legal.
2: Right. Not okay. for
1: all of them again, but yeah. I'm just generalizing with my ex based on my experience. Mm-hmm. And that was like, oh, okay. But this is normal over there. But back here, mm-hmm. that's like, yo. That is not right.
0: Right. You know not what I right. mean. Yeah. But
1: they see it as being right,
0: mm. as
1: being like, yep, yeah, that's what you have to do. Right. So, yeah, that was kind of like the juggle between both world well, that I was dealing with, mm. trying to stay away with that, from that illegal stuff. Okay. But still be able to you know be able to do the the fun stuff the fun mm. part. So yeah, that was kind of my relationship with um with uh the culture mm. between both I would say cultures.
0: So if we were to talk about just the school now. So, like, so I'm assuming this is like primary school, secondary school, mm-hmm. going up to. Well, I'm guessing you came here after secondary school. Right? I
1: think, okay, I don't know how you guys do it here, but after um, I was, I think I was 18, 19, oh, okay. yeah, I just passed my the equivalent of A level. Uh huh. Okay, I, okay cool. So yeah, I know it works differently here. So I don't know what. Would yeah, be. yeah, I mean
0: it's it's, it's quite similar in, college, in, in that sense. In college. It would be. I think um it depends because some people go to uni at that kind of age as well. Depending on when your course starts. Uh-huh. But like, what was your experience coming to UK then? Well. Did, did you... you speak English at that time? No, I didn't. I okay. thought I did.
1: I thought because you... I was watching all these, you know, oh, okay. gangster movies, and I thought I <laughs> yeah, hey, I know how to speak. Yay, you know but... what I'm saying. You know right, what, I'm right. saying, what I'm saying. You know what I'm saying. <laughs> I didn't know how to speak I didn't know how to speak One word of English Right And I came here I was like What the hell Are people talking about wow. Like All these rap albums I used to listen to Is like Didn't right. do nothing to me I was upset I was upset Okay So what you were teaching At school back then When you come here It's like They don't teach you English mm. They teach you how Oh there's a Cat in the kitchen That's what they teach you Okay But uh, you yeah, came here I didn't it was really difficult so i had to really learn the language wow. so at first it was really difficult it was difficult but at the same time it was kind of like you see for example like in the uk they're more welcoming in a sense of if you don't know how to speak the language hmm. is they can understand okay. the fact that you're a, foreign, for a foreigner hmm. and you don't know how to speak the language you can still get jobs right in okay. france if you don't know how to speak french
0: mm-hmm. it's going to be very
1: hard for you to get like a job like a good job Right? Okay,
0: right, right, right. That's
1: the, that's the main difference. So mm-hmm. here, being a foreigner is more acceptable. Okay. And used, because you see a lot of people coming from different different countries. Mm-hmm. So for me, it was more of, okay, I need to learn how to speak the language. I need to understand people properly. and to be able to express myself properly. Mm-hmm. I hope people can understand me now mm-hmm. better. I yeah, hope I mean, I, I understand you. you understand yeah, yeah, you. Sure. <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah.
1: But um, yeah, at first, it was really, really difficult to do that transition mm. especially in thinking that you knew how to speak the language but mm. I didn't really know how to speak it at all right so that was like the difficult part the good part was just like like I said when it came to workplace it was mm. quite easy to find jobs even though right. it was like McDonald's that was my first job yeah but it was kind of easy to find jobs it was kind of you know easy to be more accepted because of the fact that even because of the fact that you coming from overseas and you don't really know how to speak English you know mm. how to speak the language so yeah I worked in um like the McDonald's and then I went to Topshop and I went to you know places like this but Classics. when I went to Top Shop, I didn't know how to speak English you know but still right. I managed to get a space like behind the counter you know serving people and stuff like that so yeah
0: whereabouts was it London There was in yeah Oxford Circus oh yeah, okay Top in do you know I feel like that that probably would have helped because if it was in a more rural area, Mm -hmm. it may have been a bit different. Like, So I feel like in central London, especially Oxford Circus kind of area, it's very international. Exactly. So it actually would have bode well for you having those kind of languages. Yeah. Because I know, because I grew up in Reading. Oh. And I think if I didn't speak English in Reading and I tried to apply there, it might have been slightly different. Maybe not so much now, but at the time. Like, so, okay, cool. So you've come, when you move here, is it to... Why did you move to England?
1: Um, I was actually tired of France and okay. I wanted to come and learn English. Okay. So um, I hope my mission is accomplished. So I might go back soon. Yeah, kill um, it,
0: <laughs> it, <keep laughs> it, <keep laughs> it. done well so far.
1: <laughs> but so uh, yeah, that was my that was my first thing. I wanted to change. Okay. I wanted to change, so I say okay. I've been to the UK before. I liked it, I enjoyed it. Yeah. And um, I wanted to see what I can do over there, and I wanted to learn how to speak English. So. I came here, never knew that I'm, I'm gonna launch myself into being a dancer, but I came here, you know, and yeah, just kind of try, and mm. things been working really well so far, so
0: mm. not complaining. So, in terms of identity, I'm going to ask this question, but watch how I lead into it, right? You ready? I'm ready. Okay. No, it's it's not a crazy one, but it's just something I've noticed (laughs) in a few of the conversations I've had, especially with those who have started businesses. Mm -hmm. There is a certain level of fear that I feel like you have to be prepared for if you're going to approach anything to do with a business. One of the things you said is that you liked change. Yeah. What's... why...
1: Why do I like change? Mm. Because I felt that I needed and I was I wanted to have more. okay. And what I wanted to have, I couldn't get it. okay? I felt at that time that I couldn't get it mm. in front. Yeah, was, I felt restricted and I wanted to have more for myself. right. So when I was working over there, I was working I was selling pizza. That's okay. what I was doing. But I felt like there's much more for me out there in mm. this world. And I need that to grab
0: this mm. this mm. thing
1: that I, uh, is 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 waiting for me.
0: Yeah.
1: And I kinda felt like I couldn't get it in France and I had to go somewhere. And mm. UK was like the place where I felt like I can make things happen.
0: Right, okay. You know.
1: And it actually turned out this way because I would have never thought being a dancer.
0: or mm. the way I actually started
1: teaching and becoming a dancer. Yeah. I may be wrong, but I don't think I would have been able to do it in France.
0: Right, okay. You know that's crazy. Did you know anyone in the UK when you came?
1: Uh, did I know I knew one person actually, which okay. was an enemy. <laughs> it's true it's a true story. It was an enemy. No, it was a guy enemy that sounds like a bad word. Right. Sounds like I'm going to war with someone. But yeah. no, it was a guy that I actually had a problem with back in France. Oh. Okay. And it so happened that I met him back again. Wow,
0: I was just in following UK. you, bro. Yeah. Superbinar. <laughs> <laughs> right.
1: But yeah, it turns out cool after that we turned. You know, we, we were cool after that. But um, mm. yeah, yeah, I didn't know anyone. I really didn't know anyone.
0: And the reason why I'm saying that is because I'm hooking that back to the Congolese mentality of survival, right? Because mm-hmm. in this scenario, you're throwing yourself voluntarily. Yeah. So you didn't have to. Mm-hmm. Like, this is just something you kind of wanted to do. And you threw yourself in a situation where you're leaving the country that you're you're comfortable in into a place where you didn't realise you're going to have the language barrier that you did, yeah. but it was always a risk. But also in a situation where you didn't actually know what the future held. Did you know what you wanted?
1: No, I didn't.
0: Right, you I just didn't. wanted a change.
1: I just wanted to change. on hombre. I just wanted to change.
0: And one of the, again, <laughs> there's a lot of people I've spoken to who often wonder like where I, for example, get get my kind of like tenacity and my, <laughs> and my kind of like open-mindedness to take the risks I have but mm-hmm. I find that for there's a lot of people who are stuck in a place or just in in a certain environment where they feel like the risk of them leaving is not as big as the comfort of them staying mm-hmm. like in the sense that actually no let me just ask you what do you think that is like for those people who might want to but just don't might want to what i want to change their environment um if they're not happy but you know they they have an idea but they just don't take it like what do you think could be the barriers to that it's fear okay
1: it's just fear of being um fear of failing that's what it is Mm. fear of 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 like the way i get into things is like what would I do if I was 100% sure that this thing can work?
0: Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's
1: the mentality that I have. Mm-hmm. I, I know for a fact that I'm going to fail or mm-hmm. I'm going to, you know, uh, make some mistake or mm-hmm. I'm going to have some, some kind of like step backs. But I always attack things like, what would I do? If I was hundred percent sure that this thing's going to work, mm. I just need to put time, I need just to put effort in it, mm. but I'm hundred percent sure that it's gonna work. Mm. And that's I has been doing for most of my life is yeah. kind of like, if you look at my journey, I'm from another country. like mm. first of all, I'm not actually wasn't really born in France, but let's mm. say like I was actually born in France. I came mm. to a country that I don't actually know how to speak the language.
2: Mm.
1: I don't really know anyone here. Mm. Right, and I managed to, after a couple of years, by having this mentality mm. of being able to not work for anyone, mm-hmm. working for myself, mm-hmm. and I've been doing that for over like, I don't know, can't even remember six, seven, eight years now.
0: Right, right, right?
1: right. and being able to travel around the world, doing, being able to do what I love, mm-hmm. in a country that I wasn't even born at, that I wasn't even speaking the language. At, Mm-hmm. Where, you know, like I said, I got fired and so I had all these steps back. Mm-hmm. But what allowed me to put myself, like being able to be in that position of, mm-hmm. you know, I started a fitness business. I don't know anything about fitness.
2: Mm-hmm. I okay. know
1: things about dancing, but fitness is quite different. It's a completely yeah. different world. Mm-hmm. But I always kind of feel like, okay, I know this thing can work.
2: Mm-hmm. I know,
1: and I don't want to leave in, the, in, my, in my head thinking, what if?
0: Oh, no. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's the worst. What
1: if, oh, I, 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 sh- I should have done, done that, I should have done that. Mm-hmm. I don't want to feel like that. And that's why I say, you know, I would rather try,
2: mm-hmm.
1: put myself 100%. If it doesn't work, at least I tried. And I say, yo, yeah. yo, I did that, I did that, it didn't work, it didn't work, it wasn't for me. Mm-hmm. You know, even sometimes you can try it and you don't, like, it's not really for me.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, you go into something, oh, I thought it was going to be better than that, but it's not for me. So mm-hmm. I just, let me mm-hmm. just back up. But rather than saying, oh, I wish I had done this, I wish I had done that. So I don't want to leave with hundred regrets, you mm. know. I just want to be able to, in my head, be able to say, okay, I tried this, it didn't work.
2: Mm. And
1: then, uh, yeah, I learn from it and then I move on. Mm. Like everything that has to do with my dance entrepreneurship mm. is actually coming from my fitness. Right, okay. Um, knowledge that I acquire. Right, makes sense. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So even if my fitness business would have failed... Mm. i have so much knowledge from now from from that Mm -hmm. and i'm applying into the dance world which gives me so many so much ammunition yeah so even if i was if even if that business failed completely Mm. i learned so much that i can take that knowledge to another thing and Mm. apply and yeah it makes me much more powerful so i think people need to stop if they really want to do it if they have Mm. an idea Mm. entrepreneurship is not for everybody that's the first thing agreed
2: Entrepreneurship
1: is not for everyone. Like, Mm -hmm. some people can do it, some people can't. Some people can dream about it, it's fine. Some Mm -hmm. people need to hire somebody to do it for them. Some Mm -hmm. people can actually do it themselves. Mm -hmm. So, entrepreneurship is not for everyone, right? Mm -hmm. I know it's kind of a fashion word at the moment and everybody, I'm an entrepreneur. Yeah, but it's not for everyone.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: If you are ready to spend an amount, a ridiculous amount of numbers of hours into that craft, 100%. then yes, you are. If you feel tired after two hours, two, two days, or even two months mm. of doing that thing, that's not for you. Just forget mm. about it. If you're like, oh, no, no, that's not for you. Mm. So that's that's how you have to see things. So if you know you're not that type of person, then that's fine. Yeah. Just walk away mm. and do something else, you know? Yeah. But if you think you got it in you and you think that you can make it happen, mm. go for it. Why you need to know that you're going to fail
2: regardless
1: Mm. this is part of the process yeah so i'm actually expecting to fail yeah if when i don't i'm like what is going on i'm expecting (laughs) to happen because this is part of the process Mm -hmm. it has to happen and then after that you know i just get better better and what i do and then yeah essentially i just kind of like explode
0: So so what's been your biggest failure in that sense
1: my biggest failure when it comes to dancing i would say like everything i wanted to do i actually did achieve it okay i did like i've been on tv shows Mm. i've been on on tours Mm. i've been on um i did world competition and i won it Mm. and when it comes to that when i'm going to talk about my team now because like when we're doing world dance competition with my team prototype Mm -hmm. same thing we got our ass kicked every single time mm. sometimes it wasn't even going full price selection and we're talking about the best right in the uk
2: yeah
1: we oh. go out there we battle and we get destroyed mm. literally destroyed yeah many times and after a certain while it was like yo let's go back let's see what what did we do wrong okay we need mm. to do this this is we changed the, the format of it we went back mm. and we literally killed everybody like mm. literally like the people that used to kind of like, we you need to we used to look up to we used yeah. to we literally destroy them. Mm. And that is like that's it. But we could have done that. It was like, oh yeah, we got killed by this team, we got killed by that team. Let's just finish. It's not for us. Let's mm. give up. Mm. It wouldn't have never tasted that victory of yeah. being world champion free mm. time.
0: Mm. Which is dope, by the way. Thank you. Congratulations <laughs> to, the whole, to the whole squad. You like you like cleaning the floor with folks. Big up to prototype. you yes, not man. In the house. No, seriously, because so. we were all watching watching that like progression, and I kind of see what you mean. Because a lot of people, I think, I feel like if we were just, even if we were just to take dance as an example, there's a lot of people out right now who mm. are like at the top of the game where most of the people like everything only see the end product yeah so they don't really see like the journey beforehand because yeah. prototype are like yeah. legendary yeah. in 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 the sense of like uk dance history so yeah. sometimes they forget about the journey that they had leading up to what they are within the uk mm-hmm. but then also the relationship they have with international competitions and yeah. stages because at the time looking back uk wasn't really like people weren't really honest like that no at that time so yeah. you had that to fight against as well yeah what was that like that was really hard because mm. you kind of the underdog
1: right you always go in the competition and you know who's going to win france mm. um uh, france or japan or germany yeah these are the three countries that was like okay they're going to get to the final they're going to win mm-hmm. france japan or germany mm. all the time you come in as the underdog yeah every single time so you actually had to work much harder
0: mm. to
1: be able to prove yourself to everyone right so what we did it was mm. actually he said you know what we looked at what they do and said this is their weakness okay and we literally went into a battle and we had so many rounds right like you would need probably 10 battles to be able to beat us
0: right 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 right.
1: and we literally walked through like it mm. was like every single battle every single round mm. coming with a routine right a killer routine and we had soloists as well, we had People that mm-hmm. can like freestyle, so we brought the best of both worlds, yeah, in a way, in a format that was like, Yo, to be able to beat this guy, you're gonna need to, like, yeah, really go home and do your work because it's not gonna happen like that. Like, mm-hmm. your freestyle as an individual is not gonna be able to beat us,
0: right? right as a right. team,
1: and we literally, like, we go, we went to a competition, it was like we felt so prepared because every mm-hmm. single round, we had ammunition. Yeah. And even at the end of the battle, when we finished, we, we did battle, we had like 15 rounds at some point. Like wow. we, when you talk about the whole battle. Yes, of course. We had yeah, 15 yeah, yeah. rounds and every single one of them, we had a routine. Mm. What are you going to do against them? If mm. you don't come prepared, you're not going to win. Yeah. And that's the mentality that we had. But at first, we again destroyed.
2: Mm. We again
1: beat up so bad. Yeah. And um, yeah, and at the end of it, Being the underdog kind of like pushes you in the sense Mm. of yes, you need to prove yourself to the world because when you get to competition like this, you always have your favorite and you know, those Mm. people are going to qualify regardless. Yeah. You know, because of their reputation, but now people Mm. give you that respect more. And when they see you, they're like, Oh, okay. We need to be careful because of that team.
0: Yeah. So yeah. I think you literally changed the game in that, in that sense. Like I felt like after you came back onto the scene, your method of level of consistency in your routines. Yeah. And literally it was every round. Exactly.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: every, exactly. like, because I remember the first time watching it thinking, and the years that followed, mm. people started to do more and more.
2: Exactly. Prepare with more and more yes. routines. Yes,
0: So it's good to be, like, the trendsetter in, in that sense. But I, th- I like the fact that you kind of called yourselves the underdogs and what yeah. that kind of means to actually have to struggle to get to that stage. Because yeah. I find that a lot of people... I feel like the underdogs and they stay the underdogs if they don't go through that kind of process. Mm. But you gotta risk like failing and stuff as well.
1: Absolutely. If if we always like the reason why I created a prototype because I always felt I always felt in my heart and this is no BS
2: mm.
1: I always felt like we can together mm. united with the right people, mm. we can literally go out there and dominate. Yeah. I really, really felt that. So mm. I took the top, I took Dixon, mm. Brooke, Cashmere, uh, Roxy, you know, mm. form like that, that, that kind of team. And then it was like, yo, all we need to do is put in the work. Mm. And I really felt like we can make it happen. Yeah. And it eventually it did happen, you know. Dope. So, um, yeah, it's all about work, put in the
0: work. Telling you, man, there's no other way. Mm-hmm. But if I was to break it down, let's go back to you as yes. Malcolm now. Yes. Yeah. Individual. Yes. Right. So we've we've got like a bit of a timeline going on, right? Okay. So we've got you from birth, like <laughs> yeah. not super yet, not, not super that. yet, not super yet, just Malcolm, just Malcolm, just
2: Malcolm,
0: just right, and um and you're going through as um. We don't really have much from the zero to five kind of age range nah, at the moment. Zero. Same with me. I don't is, even remember uh, much yeah. of that. I just have like little flashbacks of like little scenes, but yeah. that's literally oh, you're it. you're lucky. I know, I know, right? I've it's not like, no, it's, 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 a, it's a very low reservoir. <laughs> uh, and then after that, you come to to France. Whereabouts in France were you?
1: I was in an hour away from Paris in a small okay. town called Dreux. Okay. So it's like a small village
0: really. Amazing. Outside, yeah. Cool. So you spent most of your time there like yeah. all the way through? then
1: the last i was always going to paris i was always traveling to Uh paris but the last two year two year i spent in paris
0: Mm, yeah okay cool and then from there coming to uk welcome with open arms (laughs) Right. (laughs) and here you are like so nice though one of the things i wanted to talk about is that one of the other things i know about you is your your relationship with the fact that you are african yes I mean, it's for those who are what listening on the podcast can't see, but you lot watching on the live can. That you're even wearing beads, yeah, like your your Akuma beads, the power. The thing black. is me. Me usually, I usually wear that as well. Yeah. So where, where I don't is know. Hey, listen, this. I got my it's black on everything black. black everything black. Everything, everything black. black on black on even black. The even songs. got the. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> everything
0: it. black. So what what's talk to me about that, like your relationship with your 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 skin, your melanin, your history, your culture, your heritage.
1: Well, when I came to UK again, um, I wasn't really kinda like searching for my um like culture, like I, I was mm. trying to get away when I came here okay. I was trying to get away from the community, the Congolese community oh. that I was with back then because I felt like I wasn't moving forward. Okay. Right. So I really kinda detached myself. Mm-hmm. completely from that community i have like two three friends like that was from the the, the 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 Congolese. yeah but it wasn't like i was going to concert i wasn't going to like events mm-hmm. it wasn't that. Okay. so i kind of detached myself completely and kind of was trying to integrate a bit more
2: mm-hmm.
1: and it was recently that i kind of went back into my roots and learning about my history okay and when i say history i'm not talking about just Congolese history i'm talking about mm-hmm. history as an african day. okay you know african History. Mm. So a friend of mine, Michael, as you know, introduced yes. me to that. Introduced me to you know this the the, the whole history and mm. everything that came around. Because for me again, like going to school, mm. I mean going to school like in France is they don't really talk about the history of, Af- of Africa,
2: mm. which again
1: makes sense because it's France. You're not going to talk about the history of another country or of mm. another continent, mm. right? So it actually makes sense. So the only history that I had, the only mm. knowledge of history I had about being African was being a slave right? right yeah but yeah. where I actually start doing my research and going to classes mm. slavery was actually the end of what we would call African history mm. and there was so much before that right so I kind of started getting connected back into my history, into my mm-hmm. roots and stuff like that but I kind of like detached myself completely because again the community that I was living in, I wasn't really getting inspired by them. So okay. it was kind of like, okay, you know, staying away. But just recently, I just kind of went back. I'm going to say recently, it's been like two years, not okay. full, two, three years, not full on, but, you know, I'm kind of like getting back into him, you know, yeah. sometimes I'm running session as well. I'm organizing session with Michael. Dope. So, um, yeah, it's, um, it's been a journey
2: of mm.
1: up. Down,
0: yeah. So, what kind of is is Mike who kind of like acted as a catalyst to that? Choice? Yes, definitely.
2: Okay,
1: definitely. Because he he used to come back to me with so much knowledge. And I was like, What what yeah. are you talking about? Yeah, we did that, we built this, we built that, and we were, you know, the richest man on the planet was mm. an African guy. And Monsa Musa, and is a like, what? Yeah, what are you talking about the richest guy, like richer than Bill Gates.
0: Oh, I yeah, yeah, yeah. richer incomparable,
1: and, you know, yeah. Richard and all of them, no, what are you talking about? Mm. You know, and then went back and did the research, took the class, and was like, whoa, there's so much that has been missed Mm. that was kind of becoming very, very interesting. Yeah, so yeah, they were talking about everything like from back then till Mm. now, education of of black men and everything else. So it was very, 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 very empowering, you Mm. know, and I learned so much. So, yeah, big up to that guy.
0: Yeah, man, we've had him on the show before. I can't remember what episode off the top of my head, but uh, I know, man, he's he's a guy. He came, he was like one of the, you know, for this talk, I always say that this is like a relaxed environment, right? Mm. So I usually come, no notes, like you'll see me writing as I'm going along and I'm filling things in and I'll throw Mm -hmm. some bits here and there. He came with a folder, bruv wow so uh, i was like (laughs) snap okay it's about to be real so i completely understand how he could he has that effect on people yeah yeah yeah. like he's definitely like that but is there anything that you that you would say like looking back on what you've learned about african history that what was what was like the biggest shock to you for me the biggest
1: shock was there was so much that i missed
0: Hmm. okay there was
1: so much history that i missed and i was it was unbelievable for me that I never actually heard a glimpse of it in the environment that I was living in. Right. So I live in a community which is many... I mean, I was living when I'm talking about France mm. surrounded by only black people and none of them knew anything about that. Right,
0: right, right.
1: Nobody knew anything about the history.
0: Why right? do you think so that not? was?
1: Because I don't okay. think... It is Again, it's not something that they was looking for. It's that the mentality of just being able to oh have fun mm.
2: you know it's not
1: most of the time where I was it wasn't a progressive mentality
0: okay right,
1: right. so yeah it wasn't really being doing those kind of like research and finding out about themselves. so mm. it wasn't that type of mentality so I never really came across that never Interesting. ever on until I came you know even in the UK I thought I knew my history I didn't really know anything. Right. Even now, I'm still learning a lot about, about, about my history. So that's what really blew me away. The fact that mm. there was so much that's been achieved, there's so much that um, came from, you know, Africa and 100%. so much that has been done and I wasn't aware of none of that. Mm. You know?
0: yeah no, like I said he has that effect and I think it's important for like what for you what was the importance like was there any change once you started to yeah understand all because
1: it, it literally affects your behavior you still cannot okay. understand the reason why you're acting a certain way mm. the reason why you might be um, uh, uh, you, you might the reason why even the, the next generation might be acting a certain way because right. it actually takes you from phases from young age before birth.
2: Mm-hmm. So we're talking
1: about the history, but you're also talking about the impact that your environment can have yeah. on a black person
0: mm-hmm. before birth, okay. during
1: birth, after birth, and the result of that. Right, right. And what's essentially is going to happen. Um, and, and you start to understand certain pattern and certain behavior that you had because of your environment.
0: Right, right, right.
1: So all of these kind of like open my mentality and I kind of like start seeing things in a different way. Mm-hmm. And I see why certain certain things that's happening and still happening today. Yeah. And and, and, and yeah, it becomes kinda like you you, you understand things a bit more. Mm. You know? So yeah, it definitely kinda changed my mentality. And it's something again that empowers you more than anything else.
2: Because mm. mm.
1: we always talk about we used to, we used to, we used to. Right. But what about now?
0: What, so are what about doing now? now?
1: What are we doing now mm. to make it happen the way we used to? Because right. back in the day we used to have all of this, we used to have that. We created this, we created that. Okay, it's fine. We did that. We're talking about the past, but what about now? Mm. You know? And I wanna kinda of recreate mm. that kinda of environment for myself and the people around me. Yeah. You know. So I wanna be able to succeed in what I do and inspire other people to drag other people with me to be mm-hmm. able to uh um succeed with me. So I don't wanna be talking about the past and used to be. I want to bring it to the present.
0: Cheese! I think I found my sentence. <laughs> no, that's true. Because like, I, I think that's, so, that's a very good point you raise, because a lot of it we're talking about past. And even now, there's yeah. stuff happening right now that people are just not aware of. Like, mm. we're creating, we're still inventing, we're still contributing to history in the present. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, there's lots of reasons why people aren't aware. Um, We'll see if we got time to go down that road. But, <laughs> but, um, but yeah, no, it's a very good point. And I think the future is an important aspect of that as well. Mm-hmm. What's you What do you think about... Because, uh, for me, I was going back to what you said about not having a progressive mentality. Because one of the questions I used to have, because I was kind of similar in the sense that... Um, at first, my excuse was, it's not taught in school. Mm-hmm. Right? But then I thought about it and I was like, even in school, there's a certain amount of hours within the school year. Like from the first time you step into school to the last time you come out, there's only a finite number of hours. Mm -hmm. And granted, they could hypothetically do a better job when Mm -hmm. they do mention black history because they only ever talk about slavery. Mm -hmm. But even then, there's only a finite amount amount of time. They can't teach everything Mm -hmm. about the world, Mm -hmm. which means that we have to be taught elsewhere mm-hmm. for all the rest of it life teachers right and then when I got to that point I was like so why is it that we're not like we aren't taught from our own community yeah and um and what you said is is a good point like I find that sometimes or maybe um one of the things that's come up in conversation is that those who do know don't necessarily think about sharing it Mm-hmm. as well mm-hmm. like or it's not like their priority should yeah, we say yeah. to share like, because there's a lot of um, older generations that I've spoken to now and I, I'm, I'm running up to them with all this new knowledge and they're like oh yeah obviously uh, I didn't realise you didn't know that <laughs> <laughs> you know mm-hmm. but I mean I don't know if you've had that experience as well
1: yeah I, I think for me, first of all, the school, especially if you're in, in the UK, that's not the job to educate you about African mm. history. That's not the job.
0: It's not in their interest yeah, that's at not.
1: all. Exactly. Because if you're talking about what they did, mm. then it, <laughs> it's not going to look good. Mm. So I don't think that's the job. Second thing is you have people that don't know. You have people mm. that know, but not necessarily want to share it because a lot of people are not ready. Like when I was mm. taking the course, is that I know... You've been in a situation like that. You know who you can talk to about history. True. And you know who you cannot talk to. Mm,
2: mm.
1: Whether they're black or not. Yeah. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah. So you have to go through that phase as well. Or you have to talk to certain people knowing that... Is there a point for me to talk to him about history of, and, and of, 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 of black... You can't have this conversation with certain people. Mm,
2: mm. So
1: first of all, you have to... Like for the people that know... Hmm. they have to come across somebody that actually are curious about that and then you can drag them along and say yo this is what you can learn this is right. what you need to know so I think most of the time you you know we say oh I wish I knew that before but maybe you wasn't ready to know that knowledge hmm, your mentality wasn't there your mindset wasn't there hmm. so that's what I think because today again I have a lot of people around me that I would like to talk to about these things hmm. but I know there's no point
0: Right?
1: they're not on the receiving end they're hmm. not open about it so yeah i'm i'm not really gonna waste my time with them mm. so i think i've been through that phase i mm. maybe came across things like that before mm. but because i wasn't in the one in the right mind frame mm. it basically went over my head mm. you know so yeah i think that had to do with that as well because mm. again when you once you want to know you want to learn about it then yeah you have the best school you can go to which mm. is free
0: mm. Is YouTube, true, yeah, yeah. just the internet in general. There's a lot of accessible you have a lot, there. and it's yep. been
1: there for a long time. Mm. Mm. When I want to know about entrepreneurship or how to market mm. my business, where do I go?
0: YouTube. Right. Yeah, yeah, true. You know what I'm saying? Just a Google search away. That's it. <laughs> yeah, Google is your best friend. So, mm. for me,
1: especially today. If you want to know, you have no excuse because you have access to so much resources.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I'm just talking about YouTube. You can buy books as well, but yeah. if you don't want to invest in books, go on YouTube and type whatever you history of black people, you're going to see documentaries like tons and tons of documentaries mm-hmm. about that. So yeah, this this you have to be in that in that mindset. You have mm-hmm. to be reading to get the information. Cuz yeah, sometimes the information is going to come to you because you're not ready, you're just
2: mm-hmm. going to
1: go over your head. So mm-hmm. that's that's what it is, I think.
0: So what happens, I don't know if you've ever had this, but what happens if you're having a conversation with someone and they bold face deny what you tell them? Like, how do you respond to that?
1: In what sense?
0: So let's say, for example, you said that the richest man in history, it was an African. Yeah. And they were like, no. Facts. Hmm.
1: We pull out facts. Right. And everybody, not everybody knows about it, but hmm. it's all about being able to back up what you're saying with fact. True. So, yeah. if you're talking about that, say, yeah, I'm talking about Monsa Musa uh, 14th, I think 14th centuries,
2: mm-hmm.
1: you know, one of the richest men in the world that had so much gold that you couldn't even count it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, he had like three or 10, like four or five or ten times more money than the mm. richest men alive today, which is uh, Jeff Bezos. I mean, mm. yeah, non-Jeff Bezos. So, yeah, it's like... It's there, it's the proof is there. You know, mm-hmm. you still have evidence on the table. Yep. That's how you can trace back history.
2: Mm.
1: Because you still have evidence of certain things that happen, mm-hmm. you know. But again, certain information mm. don't want to be pushed out there because it might be not well received. But yeah, now everybody I mean not everybody, but most people know that the richest man alive that ever lived was a black man called Mansa Samusa. There you go. Now you know. Put balls.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so I'm gonna ask you another question, and then let's make this like maybe the last two or three. Oh, yeah. um, on. So one of the things that has occurred to me recently is um, we're obviously you know get get into an age, do you know what I'm saying? Where we're we're starting to look at um, settling down and that and and you know. Like trying to think to ourselves, okay, so there'll be a new generation coming up with our face on them. <laughs> <laughs> like, what, what would you, um, like, not necessarily how would you raise them, but like, let's say, let's say you have a, a young a young boy or girl.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Like, what would you want them to know, growing up? Because obviously we're talking about you know not necessarily being ready, but then you also have the flip side where in the same way as how. Because when you're you're a kid, you're at the mercy of your parents' decisions, right? So where you go to school, where you live and all that kind of stuff. But there are like supplementary schools, for example, where they teach you about black history and all that kind of stuff. There is, like I said, the internet. But how would you want to raise your child so that they're equipped for what we can, I guess at this stage, imagine the Mm -hmm. future to be? Mm So
1: I would... There's certain things that I see my child learning mm-hmm. for for sure. One of the thing, not to say the first one, but one of the thing would be to learn about history. Okay. Know your history, know mm-hmm. where you came from, to know you know, understand where you can go. Mm-hmm. So history would be the main thing, you know. Mm-hmm. The other thing would be for them to learn how to play chess. <laughs>
0: okay. All right.
1: Why? Because. <laughs> I know how to play chess. Right. And I think it's very the way you think when you play chess is very strategic. Mm-hmm. Two, three, four moves ahead. Absolutely. And be able to see long term rather than short term. Mm-hmm. Right. And think in a very, very strategic way. So I will get them to learn chess or any kind of form of um, game mm. that can make you think like this.
0: Like a risk. Yes.
1: <laughs> I will get them to play an instrument
0: okay i was just thinking that actually
1: piano mm-hmm. guitar whatever
2: mm-hmm.
1: that is something that kind of improve. um i think there was some research i can't remember exactly what the research says but it kind of shows that a, a, a kids that can um, play the piano or play some mm. kind of instrument really um think kind of like differently like the way he's yeah. going to use his brain is going to be in a completely different way especially at a young age
0: 100% memory in terms of um, connecting the dots in creativity exactly. like solving problems all yeah. that kind of stuff yeah. yeah
1: so that's going to be another thing that i will tell mm-hmm. them that i would teach them and the other thing would be martial arts how to defend himself.
0: okay all right so um so this sounds like a well-rounded individual no. so the history chess so we're thinking about strategy over tactics so long term over short term like trying to think in terms of the long game um having a creative outlet like instruments Mm -hmm. right and how that would mean that their mindset would work and um martial arts to be able to defend themselves who are you building
1: i'm a warrior
0: okay Congolese warrior (laughs) right okay (laughs) because in my head i'm looking at these like recipe (laughs) Like a recipe, do you yeah, know what I mean? Yeah, like yeah. so, um, okay, let's go through them. Like why? I know, I know you've gone through, in terms of individually, why they're important. Like martial arts, for example, you want them to defend themselves. Mm-hmm. Like at what age, kind of thing would you want to start?
1: I would start young, five years old. Okay. They need to know how to defend themselves.
0: Straight, because
1: mm. you're gonna go to into a world that you know not gonna play around with you, okay. and you need to be able to, you know, be able to. Defend yourself against the world. And that can mm. start at a very young age. You can get bullied at school from a very young age. Okay. You know. Yeah, yeah. And most of the time, the kid doesn't necessarily tell you he's getting bullied at school.
2: Mm. But if you have
1: that, first of all, when people know that, oh, you're a black belt at judo, they're not going to mess around with you. Mm-hmm. That's the first thing. But if you meet somebody from an external environment, they don't know about you, but they want to mess around with you, you know how to defend yourself. You're not mm. going to be scared to, you know, to have that. Just to protect themselves. Not mm. to go and fight everybody but just to be able to protect themselves mm-hmm. you know so to have that i think is very important
0: with great power comes great responsibility.
1: Amen.
0: Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's good to have that channel. And I think it'll be interesting to see which martial arts you would choose mm-hmm. because each martial art has its own kind of mentality attached yeah, to it, I find. Yeah, absolutely. Um, some of them are deceivingly powerful, mm-hmm. some of them are literally just working on the mind, and mm-hmm. the output is the movement. Yeah. Um, so, and they all have their own philosophies and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. But I'm going to segue real quick because mm-hmm. there's something you haven't mentioned and we haven't talked about yet right <laughs> what is it is your relationship with food
1: oh i'm in love with my mom food
0: okay that's, that's, <laughs> yeah it's
1: food in general but mm-hmm. love even my mom food but right so yeah you're gonna have to ask i don't know if you want me to express my love, <laughs> my, love my love on the table what do you want me to do because talk about
0: food I, are you still vegan not vegan I eat fish fish so pescatarian okay cool because I remember when we went to South Africa Mm. we had people from different camps yeah in our midst yeah yeah and so um so what's what's led to you being pescatarian like is that something you would have within your household
1: no, no, no. Everybody in my house would eat meat. Like, I'm talking okay. about, back home, they, everybody used to eat meat. Mm-hmm. But um, that happened again by accident. My life is okay.
0: Okay. <laughs> well, it's, it turned out, right? Can't yeah. complain. <laughs> it
1: turned yeah. out good. So my flatmate back then used to be vegan, uh, actually. used to be, vegan, he used to be okay. vegan. And then I said, okay, let me see if I can stop eating meat for one week. Okay. And it turned to one month. And it turned to three months. And then at the end of it, I was like, okay. I feel better when mm-hmm. I'm not eating meat. And sometimes I was going to countries where there wasn't serving any type of food without meat. So right. I had to eat some kind of meat mm-hmm. and I saw that my body was rejecting it straight away. Right. So it became an habit for me to not eat meat. Okay. And sometimes when I go to shops and I see how they slaughter the meat and stuff like just mm-hmm. disgusts me now. Okay. So I'm trying to get into the vegan life but I have not I haven't reached there yet mm. but I'm trying to get there.
0: So why vegan as opposed to vegetarian?
1: Because again, when I look at fish, mm-hmm. it disgusts me. Now it's time okay. to disgust me. Like when I look at the head of a fish, I'm like, oh, mm. disgust me. And there's so much disease that coming from meat as well.
2: Mm.
0: I'm
1: not going to talk about the... Nah.
0: No. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean in the sense of, because you could go vegetarian. Because there is a difference between the two. Yeah. So why vegan as opposed to vegetarian? Oh,
1: actually, yeah, both. Both foods. Me well. Both would be cool. Yeah, yeah, both okay. would be fine. Both would be
0: fine. Okay. Yeah. I haven't made that jump. You I, haven't? I'm meant... not gonna. I'm not gonna lie. Like I'm. I'm still. A, I'm... I'm a. I'm an omnivore. Yeah.
2: <laughs> so I, I,
0: still, I, I, I eat veg as well as meat. I... But it's just more meat. Than you, stuff, then. you know, yeah. I, I. I. eat a lot of things. But um. Okay. Cool. So what about in your household moving forward? Let's let's put yourself forward. We've created this this human now where it's like learning about its history um it knows how to play chess and think strategy um it's obviously playing flutes piano all them counting there. there and it does he does he or she does martial arts like yeah. what are they eating what if they were to open their fridge well they would eat what i eat okay that's the first
1: thing so whatever yeah. i eat they will eat them until yeah. a certain age when they feel like old enough to be able to understand their own diet and Mm. you know what they put into their body then yeah they can choose to eat you know animals food I mean etc etc but until a certain age they will eat exactly what I eat okay you know so yeah Mm. that's how we do it
0: cool all right wicked um let's start running down now is there anything that you'd want to share with people that we haven't touched on so far is there anything you want to talk about even uh, is there something we had to touch? Pretty much talked? feel naked right now. You talk You're about welcome. everything about. <laughs> this is our role? We are comfortable here. We just have sandals. Uh,
1: <laughs> yeah. I just said anything that um that's kind of like I think I covered everything pretty mm-hmm. much in terms of my life, my journey as a dancer, as mm-hmm. an entrepreneur, and uh, yeah, pretty much that. Again, what I would say as a maybe as a as a clothesline depends on the type of audience you have but mm. for me going back to what we're talking about entrepreneurship if you have something in your mind mm. something that you want to do especially if you live in that environment like mm. being in Europe having all these resources if you want to do something go and do it go mm. and try go and try put your energy into it yeah and then uh, see what happens some good thing might happen some bad thing might happen you never know but at least you tried. So
2: mm.
1: yeah. So stop like hiding behind fear and then just, just yeah, just go for it.
2: Mm-hmm. So that's
1: that's what I would say. Wonderful.
0: Wonderful. Well, thank you, bro. You're welcome. But how can people get in touch with you? Like so, you. I mean, there's you. There's super steps.
2: There is Aqua, <laughs> Like there's
0: just a I'm whole bunch this, of everything. Okay. Like how how can they get with you one by one?
1: So for me personally, if you want to get through to me, is super Malcolm. So super Malcolm is S U P E R m-a-l-c-o-m mm. right one word and all my social media are super malcolm instagram right. my facebook all my social media and for my business again you can go through um you can see all my businesses through my personal accounts right mm. so yeah just reach me at super malcolm and then yeah if you have any question in terms of entrepreneurship and anything else then yeah at me i'll be happy to help
0: amazing well thank you super malcolm
1: thank you very much for having me
0: and we ain't even malcolm one bumble, one bumble. Bombo, my real name bro, bro. is one mumbo like. <laughs> super bro. malcolm is the aka you know what i mean remember Do that all them thing there bro yeah, no. i appreciate it thank you very much and for anyone like you said you've got all these ways to get in touch with super malcolm finding out his his journey following every all the amazing stuff he's going to be doing no no doubt there's going to be more things popping up left right and center but thank you so much for listening and see you next time on the lion learns to write reclaiming your identity through identity empowerment and creativity peace and that was it Thank you so much for listening everyone, I hope you enjoyed it and got some value from it. Um, if you want more info, you can go to www.becomeimmersive.co.uk, that's www.becomeimmersive.co.uk. If you have any questions or queries or you want to just give us a shout out, go to um, become immersive at gmail.com or info at I hope you enjoyed the podcast, this is The Lion Learns to Write reclaiming our narrative through identity empowerment and creativity so let's do that have an amazing day and see you next episode peace